Welcome to the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Tosopoulos and Nicholas Snacks Crider. <laughs> if you don't like a DJ Airhorn sound effect, that is so cool. We won't hold it against you. Toss is back from Spain and he still won't hold it against you. Just come talk to us about it on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore we're happy to hop in the chat and discuss all the fun stuff about the dj airhorn sound effect now more importantly than that sports 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 go to sida.co we love sida.co join the debate there we're gonna have debates up debate number one and all these debates pertain to one another the QB battle has been decided in denver it is going to teddy bridgewater not the incumbent starter drew Locke. Do we think that's a good move? Two glove Teddy. Two glove Teddy. I don't know if it's a good move, but I I like it for now. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why I like it is because you know what kind of quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is. You know that for the most part, he takes care of the ball. Mm-hmm. He doesn't throw the deep ball particularly well he didn't throw he doesn't throw it a lot he hasn't thrown it a lot in the offenses that he's played in thus far yes but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes he's a quote-unquote game manager Hmm. with a little bit of upside I think and he's not going to force the issue and throw a lot of uh, incompletions and also interceptions which we know Drew Locke to do yeah, Drew Lock led the league. And this is a good. This is a good Denver Broncos defense too. Yeah, and the the weapons of the Broncos are good. Fair. Like Judy Hamler, Font. You got Gordon. You got Javante Williams now in the backfield, and Sutton coming back. So yeah. it's a situation where it's like you want a guy that a is like you're saying protecting the ball, but also can get the ball out and get to the weapons quickly. You want that guy that can move the ball. And Drew Locke takes time in the pocket. He led the league in interceptions last year without playing. He also missed three games. So had he not missed those three games, he would have for sure probably taken the lead. Right. And at what point, look, I've said it from the jump, Drew Locke just was never going to be the guy there. He's just not a good enough quarterback to be an efficient. You can't win. You're not winning a Super Bowl with him, and you never were going to. Yeah, I think he... He's still very young, obviously. He falls prey to trying to play the hero ball. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I agree. He he has happy feet in the in the pocket. I, I do think he's mobile mm-hmm. um, in a good way. He's a little bit more fleet of foot than Teddy is. Yeah. But he's looking for that deep play down the field. He's forcing passes into windows where you can't always operate within. And you've got, you know, Chargers have good DBs. The Chiefs' defense is no joke. So you, two teams right there that you're yeah. playing. I mean, the Raiders' defense, Lord knows what we're going to see out of that. Right. <laughs> Best not to mention them. Mm-hmm. But you're you're playing good DBs, and you know your defense is good. You know your front defensive 
four can get to the quarterback. Yeah. Mia Miller, you got Chubb. I mean, you have a bunch of boys out there in Denver. Oh, you Sertan's a great addition. Right. I mean, the defense, like you're saying, Fangio is supposed to at least come in. It's a really well-rounded team. Yeah, I mean, it's a team And you don't want your QB to be a question mark. No, never. You mean you never want your quarterback to be a question mark, but especially when your team is actually like, look, are they going to go to the playoffs? I would say probably not, but like they're going to be competitive. They could potentially be more competitive than the Raiders. Would you be shocked if they were? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, you just... You just uh, lined out their their offense for us, and it looks pretty great on paper. Pretty sound. And, and as is their defense, I expect us to be a, a very competitive team. The Raiders, at moments last year, were incredibly competitive. They also had some absolute woes yeah. in some games where they looked like two different teams, really. They were like Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think this division's actually going to be really competitive, whether the records will shake out that way, I'm I'm not so sure. But as far as close games, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to have to see from Teddy, you know, we're praising him and we're praising this decision as it being seemingly the right one. But Teddy is going to be put into some positions where he's going to have to win some games. He's yeah. going to have to put together game-winning drives and he's going to get a good test with a lot, with I think a little bit more pressure than he had last year in Carolina. Yeah, sure, more pressure. And that Carolina team was completely destroyed last year. You're missing yeah. your best offensive player. That whole, not only are you missing him as a weapon, you're missing the whole game plan. The offense is just broken at that point without Christian McCaffrey. So now you bring in Teddy Bridgewater to a team full of weapons, a guy he's bounced around the league. But look, when he was thrust into position to succeed in, in, in New Orleans, when he had to, he went 5 and 0. So this is a guy that can win you football games. Had he had not had that injury, I mean, the whole course of the NFL, not drastically, but definitely would have been very different if he doesn't had that terrible knee injury in Minnesota. Yeah. So he's a guy that, would I say he's probably a top 16 QB? I doubt it. Can he have that Tannehill-type resurgence? Probably not. But again, he could have that Alex Smith maybe a step below type comeback where he's in there like like I'm not even talking about Alex Smith on the, on the, on the football team I'm talking about Alex Smith on, on on the Chiefs yeah where he caught came in there and he got him to like a fifth or sixth seed you know and he got that franchise back to a place where it was competitive which kind of bridged the gap to get Mahomes in they're gonna have to bring in another guy sooner rather than later there's gonna some like whether it's like a high draft pick next year whether they go get Aaron Rodgers you know well I'm sure those rumor mills will fly again but it's blatant to me since day one and I'm not saying I'm some kind of savant here but that Drew Locke was never going to be the guy and I don't think many people were I think more so people were trying to sell themselves and the fact that Drew Locke would one day be the guy but it was just never going to happen in a division that's terrible the South I think the Texans obviously are going to stink on ice I would imagine the Jags are in the same boat the Colts are a major question mark at least offensively from the quarterback standpoint can Wentz be fully healthy but the Jags go with Trevor Lawrence no-brainer. You threw a crazy stat at me, by the way, if you want to share it with the people. Yeah, it was the last 13 first-round QB picks. First overall. First, first, over, excuse me, first, first overall, overall quarterback picks. picks are winless in their first start. Wow. Jacksonville plays the Texans the first game of the season. You can't lose that game. Unless Deshaun's playing, which is I, I hate to say I don't know. As a sportscaster, 
But at the same time, I have no idea what's going on with this Deshaun thing. It's the most bizarre thing in sports. Yeah, I mean, it certainly feels like, to me, Trevor's going to walk into that game not playing Deshaun Watson. Okay. And he should be able to win that game. I'm. I, no, they're going to Rod Taylor. Okay. Terod Taylor can win a game. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Terod Taylor can win a game for sure. Starting quarterback last year. Yeah. He's. And the year prior to that for, for a bit, for, for both of those years. For multiple teams, he's bounced around. Look, end of the day, the only thing that's worrisome to me, less than winning the game, I hate rushing guys in. I mean, look, Trevor Lawrence is an ultra talent, but this Jags team is not going to be competitive, whether he starts week one or week five or week 15. They're not winning any many games. Right. They're going to be a bottom five team regardless. But at that point... Just throw him in? I mean, we've already seen what happened well, to Etienne. I mean, Etienne's out for the he's year. Won, he's won one, so it's it's a little bit different, I think. Yeah. You knew what was going to happen with... You didn't know that Joe Burrow was going to get hurt last year, no. but you knew where the in, in a similar fashion to what we know about the Jags this year, we knew where they were going to end up in that division last year. Yeah. AFC North, highly competitive division. A lot of really good teams. You've got Lamar, who was the former MVP. You've got Ben Roethlisberger. He's been there. He's won multiple Super Bowls. Yeah. And you just knew what was going to happen. Now, you want to protect your asset, of course. Yeah. But if it's not a situation, like you mentioned Alex Smith, like Mahomes, where he can afford to sit, and then you know that he's being thrust into an offense that is high caliber, is hyper efficient where he actually really needs time to learn the playbook and he's not growing with other assets around him this is a young receiving core this is a young team all across the board right we there was a turning of the guard that jags defense in from 2015 to 2017 that's no longer there anymore got a couple of the pieces but most of the guys the vets they're gone yeah so it's brand new defense i think you kind of look at what the bengals are doing that model and you pay attention to it and you pay attention to the excitement that's around that team. Mm. Now they have all these young offensive weapons alongside Burrow. And I, I'm as a fan, as a football fan, NFL fan, excited to watch this team. And I want to feel the same way about Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. And I think it's just about protecting the asset from a physicality standpoint. And part of that is just making sure that he knows how to play this season as far as you don't want to be too reckless. And I, I saw recently... He ran in, a, in the preseason game. Right. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, get down. Like, I mean, He's got to learn. Like, it's... These are these are lessons he's got to learn. And problem is, Trevor Lawrence is a big dude. Like, he takes those hits. I, I don't think he's thinking as much as if Joe Burrow does. No, right? I mean, he's, he's a house. That's for certain. I will just never be behind starting the kid week one. I'll just never get behind it. I... I or at least having some contingency plan. Like I, I think, like okay, if things aren't going great for Trevor, it's going to be tough to bench him. But at least you have Gardner Minshew to back him up. Like the Jets have no contingency plan, and that team honestly is worse for sure than the Jags. At least like the Jags, like you got Chenault, who's exciting. You got Marvin Jones Jr. You got DJ Chark. Even without Etienne, you have James Robinson in the mix. I mean, the defense is different, but there are some pieces on there that are solid. I mean, the Jets, they lose Carl Lawson right from the jump. 
that's already over. I mean, the left side of the offensive line is good. Who like the running back? We're going Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman. It's like the receivers are. It's a decent receiver. Maybe somehow young. better running back room than it was last year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I love I love Frank Gore, but like, what were we doing? Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous at that point. And the thing with San Fran because the debate is can Jimmy G lose the job to Lance, which we don't think he will. At least like you have a good thing in play with Jimmy in place with Jimmy G, and you could ease Lance in. Even if Jimmy G isn't great, you could still ease Lance in. Like Dalton's not going to be the starter two, three more years in Chicago. It's just not unless he's absolutely like thirty six touchdowns, zero interceptions, Madden rookie mode. It's just not going to go down like that. It's going to be Fields eventually, but they're going to ease him in. Yeah, but again, the situations are different there, right? Like this yeah. Chicago team to me, is a lot more like the Broncos that we were talking sure. about before. Very much so. The and they're going to be competitive. Yeah, for sure. I expect them to be. Yeah. And the 49ers, whether we believe it or not, are closer to the Bears than they are to the Jags. Oh, and, yeah. The, they're, they're, and, of course, the Jets. Uh, it, it, not to say that they're anywhere near those teams, but I think we've... We were a little bit surprised. We were looking at the odds. Which we'll get into in a little bit. We will, when, yeah, but they were what? They were like over. seventh best odds to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they were top ten odds to win the Super Bowl, and I'm just bewildered. That was a team two years ago that was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you lose Buckner. I mean, Richard Sherman's not there, and he wasn't, he wasn't Richard Sherman of Seattle, but he was still valuable to that team. Jimmy G, again, is the starting QB. He's not playing great. We have to see if Moster could stay healthy. I actually have high hopes for Trey Sermon. Sleeper fantasy pick for those playing fantasy out there. But Samuel, Ayuk, Sanu, like, that's our receiving core. It's like... It's getting... It's gotten better. It's better, but it's not like this elite receiving core. There's so many receiving groups. Like, in that division alone... I like Ayuk a lot. I like Ayuk a lot, but it's in that division alone. But, like, in the division alone, it's... Is it better than Cup and Woods? No. Is it better than Metcalf Lockett? No. Is it better than Hopkins and A.J. Green? Or Christian Cork or Andy Isabella... Or whoever you want to throw next to DeAndre Hopkins, because at that point it can be my mother. <laughs> it really I don't care. Yeah, no, it's, it's the worst it's, in the division. It's not, but it, they're a different team. They're a different style. I just don't. I have more. I'm with you that they're closer to the Bears, Broncos, than they are to the Jags. But I'm not on the same page that they're. I mean, I actually think they they're probably they're probably a better team than both of those teams. Yeah, but I don't think they're better. I would be thoroughly shocked if they won the division right part of it is just their division is it's a very difficult division to play i would i think that whole division is being overrated across the board but is it being overrated or is it just like where it's going to end up at the end of the season because these teams are going to eat each other alive or it's not going to make any of them look like they're really top I tier. I think, like, do you think that, how many teams do you think can win the Super Bowl every year, going into the season? Like, have a legitimate shot of winning it. How many teams do I think can really win it this year? Off the top of my head, gut check reaction. I think the Chiefs can win it. I think the Bucks can repeat. I think that the Packers, I think you I think you have to put the Bills in there. The Bills, and honestly, I think it. It's dependent, but I would put the Browns and I would put the Ravens ahead of these teams in this division. Like, the thing with this division is, like, people are... 
I have high hopes for the Cardinals, but I still have to see if they could put it together. I'm not sold on Kingsbury yet because he hasn't really won at the NFL and he didn't win in college. Right. I'm not going to count you're out. Le- you're less sold on Kingsbury than you are on Kyler. Yeah, I think Kyler's great. Yeah, I- I'm with it on Kyler. I mean, I mean of Kyler. course, he's a f- talking about fantasy. He's a fantastic fantasy, fantasy, fantasy quarterback. Player. Yeah, but can he be the great reality quarterback and part of it is I mean a lot lot of these question marks for all these teams all these players that we're mentioning comes down to longevity it's a longer season than it was than it ever has been so I'm really interested to see how that plays out because Kyler was not the same Kyler in the second half of the season last year after that shoulder injury yeah and he was even tentative to run and that's such a big part of his game where you know you lose something like that you lose your legs if you're a quarterback who can do both and when you're that elite of a weapon, it you know it's it's detrimental. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I just and with the Rams as well. I think they're the team that I'm the most sure of, to be honest. Even without seeing Stafford play a snap, I think they should be the favorite to win the division. The Niners have a lot of question marks in my right. book. Health has been an issue for most of their stars, as good as they are. The quarterback seems to be controversial. Seattle, the left tackle might not even be ready. He's holding out. He might not even be ready week one in Brown. I'm never going to count Russ out. Right. But but that defense had some issues last year, for sure. Yeah, and this is the, I've never. And they just pay that safety a lot for a safety. He's also like, Russ is dissatisfied. You know, he's playing. He's going to play. How is he going to play with what vigor and... No, he's engagement gonna play is he going to play? He's going to play to of win course, the game. Of course, of like, course. I think that I'm most confident in the Rams, but even in the Rams, I'm not as confident in the Rams as I would be, let's say, the Packers or the Buccaneers. Uh, or, I mean, look, the NFC is a lot easier. The NFC East is weak sauce. The Eagles are a joke. The Giants are two degrees away from being a joke. The Cowboys will see what the defense can't do, not expecting much. Sure. The football team will see what the offense can do, not expecting much. Saints, Breeze is gone. Yeah. Panthers, I mean, we'll do a whole more. Again, these are teams that, like, you're mentioning teams that, at least in the in their best version of themselves, still aren't, we still yeah. we can't envision them as a Super Bowl team. I just think this the the West is the tough, deep division. I'm just, when I say not sold, maybe not sold as any of them winning the Super Bowl. I'd be surprised if any of those four teams won. Would you be surprised if any of those teams went? Come I on. wouldn't be surprised. I, I think I'm I think the Rams I think the Rams I wouldn't, but I think the other teams I'm surprised if they I, I'm it. never surprised about Russ anymore. I'd be surprised look, if this Seahawks team made it to the I just Super think Bowl. this Packers team and I think this Buccaneers team are a leap ahead of these guys. Yeah, yeah. And when you get to the Super Bowl Mahomes or Lamar or Josh Allen or that stacked Browns team. Yeah. That Browns team is stacked. After Baker a, doesn't have to be great. He just has to be good. Gauntlet of a regular season, and obviously the NFL playoffs are a gauntlet in and of themselves. Yeah, their depth of the Browns is just it's insanity. They have the two of the best, like, seven running backs. It's pretty bonkers. But back to the QB battles, I think the only one that's really kind of, like, up in the air. I mean, the Saints one, I guess, is up in the air, but I feel like that should be decided by this point. You at least got to see what Jameis can do. Yeah. LASIK Jameis. LASIK Jameis. Someone, I, we love our boy Emmanuel Acho, but he kind of on Twitter was complaining that Jameis 
hasn't gotten a fair shake and has been a great quarterback. And love Jameis in college. I think he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, it was Tom Brady. But when you took away Jameis Winston, they still they won a Super Bowl. You cannot turn the ball over in the NFL. This is like a ama- and I'm the only reason I'm nervous for Jameis and whoever really the Saints quarterback is. Like Michael Thomas isn't going to be there week one. We could get hyped about Marquez Callaway all we want, but it, come on, like they do not have a real wide receiver one, or let alone wide receiver two, in the room right now. That's yeah. lining up. It's a bit worrisome for me. I think this whole Mac Jones thing, as good as he looks, I'd be shocked if Bill went with him week one. Obviously, Zach Wilson's D. Jack Hobbs locking in for twenty million rupees. And the other rookie QBs, Fields, Lance are going to sit, and Bridgewater's been decided. I mean, those are the real QB battles going on in the NFL as of now. Yeah, and they'll all be up on Sided.co. Sided.co. Go to Sided.co. Check it out. Check it out. We actually love you. We'll be right back. This is the Charity Stripe on a new generation of radio. The mightier 1090 AM. SoCal Sports Talk. We're back again, baby. It's the charity stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander DeSapos and Nicholas Snacks Crider. And this is our second segment of this wonderful Thursday evening. Dodgers and Padres playing tonight, but they played a marathon last night. Nick, it was wall to wall fun until the end for you. One of the craziest games of the year, if not the craziest game of the year. And it's the longest game in the new extra inning format. As a Padres fan, even though you guys lost, hit us with some of the excitement that was involved in that one. I mean, it's the longest game since 2019. Wow. Uh, 16 innings. It was it was way longer than we expected. I was planning on being at that bar for three hours, ended up being there for six hours. So um, a little tired, to say the least. Definitely some, some signs of hope on the team, um, especially from the bullpen, not allowing any runs was was huge until the end. Um, Blake Snell looked amazing. Um, he really only had that one mistake to Will Smith that hit a, a solo shot, and it wasn't even a bad pitch. He just he uh, he threw it up and out of the zone, and Will Smith went up and got it. So I really can't blame Blake Snell for that one. Mm-hmm. But the offense has to wake up. I mean, you're just stuck, just stuck in neutral right now. And you know, up until the Tatis home run that tied it up, which was electric, that was probably the most electric part of the entire game. Get a two-run homer off of Knebble. Um, he was 0 for 5. You know, I mean, he had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get the job done. And he was striking out, um, not taking good at bats, not even working in the count very well. So your MVP's got to really step it up. Our manager, Jace Tingler, had some questionable decisions, in my opinion, you know, doing a double switch for Will Myers for Jake Marisnik, which basically allowed us to or or didn't allow us to have any pinch hitters available mm. and it got to a point in that extra innings game where they're walking Manny Machado and Jake Cronenworth every time they came up because there were already two outs and the next guy up was a pitcher. It's almost like we were playing down three batters in that game and somehow we still stayed alive, which was crazy, but it was exciting the entire time. I mean, every single pitch meant something. It was high intensity. The fans still stayed at the game, which was awesome. I wish I was at that game. It looked electric. Um, I mean, those are the type of games that you hope your teams to have. Obviously, we want to be on the other side of the the win column and still not making any ground right now on the wild card because Cincinnati's losing, but we're also losing. So we're still a game back and uh, really need to pick it up here at the home stretch. I mean, you Darvish finally healthy pitching right now tonight. 
hopefully that means no more bullpen games for the Padres, but we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of mistakes that need to be um, taken care of. And there's a lot of guys that need to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good recap, Nick. And just when you're sitting there and we're going, okay, Fernando, when we're watching at home, you're at the bar, we're watching at home and we're like, all right, Fernando's got four K's tonight. He's not really doing much. He then goes and cranks that two run homer. And that is, it's not what you want to see out of your MVP, but then that's what makes him an MVP type player. Right. Of course. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a great juxtaposition and AJ Pollock, uh, unfortunately, took one most yard. Hated, most hated man in San Diego right now. He should be. Robbed a two-run home run, and then he hit his own two-run home run. The issue with the Dodgers then just become what the issue with the Dodgers is, is they have the injury bug too, but they're so deep that it just kind of like doesn't matter as much, you know? Like it's like, yeah, you would love to have Mookie in the lineup, of course, but AJ Pollock is hitting tar off the ball. He's been one of the hottest hairs since the break. I mean, Chris Taylor has been great. It just guys can move all over the place and guys play multiple positions. It's just such a deep team and it's so deadly that it's unfortunate that when their superstar does go down, it's very, it's very tough to still make up ground on them. Um, but the game was electric last night. You all, y'all are back game from Cincinnati, which as a Sox fan, I'd rather be back game from Cincinnati than be behind the Yankees who are on one of the biggest scorchers I've seen in quite some time. We were looking at it, you know, last night uh, at home, Toss and I, about some of the hottest teams in baseball. Obviously, you got the Braves, but the Padres with Darvish coming back, and obviously Snell looks to have his resurgence. You hope that the bullpen does get some rest, which is much needed, especially after last night. And that Darvish... The game before was a bullpen game as well. Yeah, and at least Darvish comes in. And look, you want him to go like, can he go five, six innings, one or two run ball? Can you go eight, seven, seven innings, eight innings? Sure, that's immaculate. That's what that's that's amazing. But you don't need him to be Robbie Ray tonight. You don't need to be Robbie Ray next week. You just need him to get you to the seventh inning, one, two, maybe even three run ball, and then the offense has to show up. My question is, and I, I posed this question last night to a buddy I was with watching the game, mm-hmm. is if we do sneak into the wild card and have that one game series against the Dodgers, who are you gonna pitch? I mean, they're obviously gonna throw Scherzer at us. Are we gonna get the Snell that we had last night? Are we going to get the U Darvish that we had early in the season? Maybe we get the Joe Musgrove that threw a no hitter. I mean, I feel like Joe Musgrove is the guy who gets fueled by those high pressure situations. And he's pitched well against the Dodgers, right? He's that guy who wanted to get the first no hitter from, from the Padres um, because he's a San Diego kid. I mean, he's, he really gets juiced on these high moments. So he might be a guy to look at, but, uh, if Snell continues to pitch the way he did last night, then he's got to be the guy. Love what Musgrove's done this season. And Musgrove's been the best starting pitcher. No question. If he goes and gets bombed in that wild card game, which isn't impossible, that guy's, you means your, your manager's getting tossed. Oh, for sure. He's getting tossed. Yeah. But because it, then it's like, why did you, why did we trade for Darvish? Why do we trade for Snell? Why do we bring in these high profile guys? If, if yeah, maybe they weren't great or what they were supposed to be during the regular season. But if you're not going to pitch them in the most important game. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if right now it would seem like Snell would be the guy just because Darvish had that extended period of time off and he wasn't looking the best before he even got hurt. So Snell's got the momentum in my opinion. You never know. I mean, we still got a month left of baseball to figure it out. 
you got to get to the wild card game first and foremost. That's yeah, that, that, is is, true. that is the big kicker as well. I mean, it's it's the Reds. The thing with the Reds is like Castillo was like we gone, thought for gone, but now he's been on fire. And that lineup is, I mean, Castellanos obviously back in the fold. Um, Moustakas is in now. It's just like that lineup is pretty dangerous as well, and they perform. Um, and they have an easier schedule like we discussed last time. But I'm pulling for the pods. I want the pods dodge. Dodgers. I want. I was gonna say Pods Dodds. I want the Pods Dodds wild card game. I That's what everyone, the MLB needs it. Yeah, I think everyone does. I mean, it's been the most exciting games in all baseball this season. They, every single game that they've played so far. Can we picture this for a hot second? The wild card games, potentially, very high chance. Padres, Dodgers, Sox, Yankees. That'd be awesome. Does it get better than that for the wild card games? I don't. It may not be able to get better. Than I don't believe so. But baseball, I think the thing with baseball this year, and we'll get into football because we want to do futures with our boys, betonline.ag and Joey Bag of Donuts and Tony Capicola from down at the docks is this is like one of the most fun seasons we've had in so long, in my opinion, at least. Like, I think that last year we had so many issues with the way Manfred had handled things, and I was down his throat. We all were. And this year, it's been one of the most well-televised social media is just king. And on social media, they've done such a good job with baseball. Twitter has been rocking on baseball. Instagram, the MLB account's been phenomenal. They're so up-to-date, up-to-the-minute. All the home runs, all the robberies, and best, even like the pitching's getting highlighted, and they, which is like everyone was like, oh, so the pitching this year, everyone's striking out. And they were about to harp on baseball, and baseball kind of, you know, brushed to the side and has really been doing a nice job highlighting the pitchers versus just being like, okay, this is what's wrong with our game again. So I think, yeah, the Dodgers, Padres, Red Sox, Yankees would just be a culmination and it could be a little bit of God sprinkling down some praise and being like, good job, baseball. You guys earn this for the wild card games. For sure. I mean, it's definitely going to be electric wild card games. And I would say it's best case scenario for the Red Sox and for the Padres, right? You don't have to play these teams in a five or seven game series. You get one shot. That's it. Oh, yeah. It gives you a way better opportunity to to just get them out of the way right then and there. You got one game. Yeah, unfortunately, you probably would see Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer, respectively. But that's a bridge we cross when we get there. Yeah, you know, the Padres have had Max Scherzer's number this season, though. Yeah, that is true. A lot of baseball left to play. A lot of shoe left. The Red Sox could completely blow it. I Look, I don't foresee the Padres. I was just going to say a big game tonight. I think... Uh, it's this is a, a an emotional game series. Right it always is. Yeah, that big game right now. Uh, so go turn on your TV after you finish listening to our show and check it out. But it's a it's always an emotional series between the Padres and the Dodgers. Any any rival in baseball, but especially one you know of this caliber. And you don't want to get swept. That, that, that's a that's a bruise to the ego right there. Like it, it was a really tough game last night. But if they can come out with with one win. In this three-game series, you know, put their heads forward and just take care of business. I, I think they'll be in a good position. You can only control what you can do, you know, and like that's the thing is like they don't want to be looking at the Reds. The int- you have to you have to pay attention to what they're doing. But I, I believe that the Padres have a better team between the two of them, and like yeah, they just got to take care of business. Just take yeah. it one game at a time. No, I mean I agree with you on that aspect as well, and they kind of control their own destiny in a sense. They play majority or more than half their games against the Dodgers and Giants down the stretch. So, and and we still own 
the uh the winning record against the Dodgers in, in the season series, right? It's as it stands right now, as we're playing right now, uh, I think it's seven wins for the Padres and and four wins for the Dodgers. I love it's a good split. It's a great split. Great split. And it's five. I, it's five, I think. Seven and five. Of the teams on the outside looking in, like the A's, the Mariners, and the Padres that I'm really considering as threats to the wild cards. I mean, the Phillies and Cardinals toss posed that last night. I think the Phillies can make a sneaky run just because they've, you know, they play against the NL East. I think the Padres are without a doubt in the best position and it's not even remotely close, even though they play a lot of games against the giants and the Dodgers. I just feel so confident in them as a baseball club. And the fact that they are honestly are, have been underperforming as of late or down the stretch that they can make the quickest turnaround. Um, but football futures, we were brought to you by betonline.ag. We love our brothers and our mothers at betonline.ag. Go there to bet today. Here are the futures guys in the NFL right now. Obviously, the Chiefs sit plus 525 to win the Super Bowl. You got the Buccaneers plus 600. You got the Bills and the Packers plus 1,100. Ravens, Browns plus 1,400. Rams, Niners plus 1,600. Those are all the teams on betonline.ag under plus 2,000. And then you get into the Pats, Seahawks, Cowboys, Titans, Colts, Chargers, Dolphins, Saints, blah, blah, blah. Some surprises here for me. I we spoke about it in the first segment. We touched on the West. I just am shell shocked. The Niners have so I know they made it a couple years ago. I'm just so so, so shell shocked that they have such great odds to make the Super Bowl. It's just one team that it's just such a B Ricky punting team for me to avoid. I'd rather take the Cardinals who sit at plus four thousand than the Niners who sit at plus sixteen hundred. If I'm going to take a wild bet here. I don't think either of these teams are going to make the Super Bowl, but I would rather risk it to get the biscuit in that plus 4,000 than go with the Niners at plus 1,600. I think it's kind of, I think the Patriots can be good, but the fact that they have the same odds as, I don't know, the Seahawks and better odds than the Titans, it's kind of preposterous to me too. Like this Titans team, like the defense had some woes last year, but it's a team that went to the playoffs, won their division, Offense pretty much stays the same, and they add Julio Jones. Like at plus twenty eight hundred, could that be our best value bet to win the Super Bowl? I think it's a great value. I'm also, I mean, there's a couple other teams I'm looking at as well, but I mean, Tennessee definitely stood out to me, and I think it's kind of a disrespectful line to be honest. I mean, San Francisco could be rolling out a rookie quarterback, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, they. I don't think they will be, but like they totally. By week five, is Jimmy Garoppolo that much better and make you that much more of a Super Bowl contender? No, I mean, he's infamously thrown seven passes to get them to the game. It's not like the and behind if Raheem Mostert doesn't run the best game of his life times 10, like they're not going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Rodgers I mean, gets another one. Another if chance. you're a fan of the team, obviously, it's really fun to put, yeah. you know, 10, 50 bucks, maybe 100, depending on your price point, uh, <laughs> your financials year to year on your team to win, especially if they're not in that top seven yeah but do we re- do we really think that the titans could win i'm not i'm i'm not gonna waste my money on them i i because I, I don't think they i don't think they can win the super bowl well i honestly think and i hate to be a pessimist i think there are six teams that can win the super bowl and they are the top six teams on betonline.ag's futures i think the chiefs the bucks the bills the packers the ravens and the browns uh you can't you can't ever count out the seahawks 
You can't yeah. ever count out the Seahawks, but like they're not even the favorite to win their division. The Rams are. And which, like, dude, I dig McVeigh, dig Stafford, all about all about Robert Woods. Robert Woods is the lunch pail boy we love. One, one of the best blocking wide receivers we've seen. I'm all about them. That being said, like, we just don't know how they're going to look. And they lost their running back. Like, cool. Let's all jump on the Daryl Henderson bandwagon, but he's not Cam Akers. And we know that. So, Sonny Michelle. Look, Sonny Michelle, like, I love Sonny Michelle coming out of college. I was all about Sonny Michelle's rookie year. After that, sophomore season, complete disappointment. Last year, he was injury riddled, wishing him nothing but the best. I don't have any animosity towards him. Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe the Pats got a fourth, a fourth and a sixth. Like, how does this always happen? What has no one been watching Sony Michelle? Like, I I generally enjoy players that come out of Georgia. Yeah, and so I really liked Sony Michelle coming into the NFL. I we have had many conversations you and I where you have defended him and he continuously underperforms. I'm going to defend him again. Defend him again. That's fine. But look at what he's done in the last two years and then try and defend him. No, and not good at all. All I'm saying is that the Pats, once again, Bill is like waves his like wizard wand in a fourth and a sixth. You go get Sony Michelle when he first comes. Not you're not gonna get Sony Michelle, but running backs are they're dispensable at this point unless they're a top tier guy. And like yeah. that's a rotational running back's room anyway. So you can get another guy in the fourth round. You can take a flyer on someone, or you can just use it elsewhere, which we know Bill will. And he'll take some undrafted running back, slot him in, and figure out what to do with him. Like it, I don't know. It's just it's just another example of the Rams get, getting rid of draft capital. And yes, do I think that that evaluation of them at plus sixteen hundred is more fair than San Francisco San Francisco Forty Nine ers at plus sixteen hundred? Sure, but how long are they going to be plus sixteen hundred and they're not plus five twenty five? It, it's just what have they been doing? What have I they been doing? They're mortgaging the future. And you know what? More often than not in sports, doesn't always work. Like if you look at the NBA, like just across board it, how many teams have we seen like trade like a million first round picks for a superstar then have to like the Rockets like had to double back. They traded the house for Westbrook and now then they have to double back. And teams just collect assets and collect assets and Les Snead is sitting there. He's trading away first round pick after first round pick. And someday... It's going to come back to haunt him. And if he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring to show for it, he is going to be on the unemployment line. And that's just factual. So you lose your job. I mean, I'm like, I'm pulling for Stafford. And the whole Michelle thing, like, he's looked good in the preseason. Like, he still has potential. But, yeah, would you give up a fourth-round pick? Would you rather sign a guy off free agency for cheap? Like, what are we – are we sitting here and being like, oh, Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell have absolutely zero value to add to a team. I mean, I'm sure their agents are asking ridiculous prices for where they are at in their careers, but you just gave up a fourth round pick for Sony Michelle, who I don't, I agree with you. It's not worth a fourth round pick. If you gave a seventh for him, like maybe, but a fourth and a sixth, it's like desperate. And it's kind of like, why? I'd like to also touch on the Steelers being at plus 4,000 who were, were they 11 or 12 and 0? Last season to start I think the season. Like Eleven out of go start the season. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still a good football team. They still got Big Ben tossing the rock out there. They've got Tomlin, who's a great coach, great defense. TJ Watt's gonna be healthy. So I think plus four thousand is pretty good odds. And I also like the Cardinals odds as well. They're That's also sitting there. They're also yeah. sitting there at plus four thousand. I like that. I think the Saints at plus thirty five hundred again. I don't think they're gonna win the Super Bowl, so it's not even worth the bet just as far as a respect thing. 
I think that it's a very high evaluation and nothing against Jameis and or Taysom Hill. Love Kamara. We spoke about it in the first segment. Who are they rolling out as their weapons without Michael Thomas in the first few games? So, like, realistically, what are we doing there? At that point, I mean, the, the Cowboys are the favorite to win the AFC East. We'll see what happens there. Honestly, like, we spoke about the Browns' depth at the top. The Browns are plus 1,400. I still think are a good value bet. It's like the same as my bet for the, and unbiasedly, the Horns to win March Madness at plus 1,400. I just think they're so deep and so dangerous across the board that Baker just plays good football, and they're the team that could snake it away from Mahomes. They just got to get out of the North, which is like, that's the issue there. You have to win the North, and winning the North, like the Ravens are lethal. lethal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we posed a question on our Instagram is Baker May- is this the year Baker Mayfield finally gets some like respect on his name? Like, is he gonna take it to the next level and be a top ten quarterback? And he's got all the weapons to do it. And I think that he's got the experience now. I imagine that he can do this. Yeah, you know, Bill Beckham's gonna be healthy, and it's another year of seasoning under his belt. He's got two tight ends and the two best running back, ten- the best running back ten we've seen. God knows how long. I mean, this is a team. If they can win the division, I think they're the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC, potentially the NFL. I mean, obviously this Bucks team is a juggernaut still. They return to everybody. Um, but speaking of returning, we will return next week for some more fun. Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Tosopoulos and Nicholas Snacks. Check out our podcast anywhere you get your podcast, same name, the Charity Stripe. And if you like Texas football, our Horns Up podcast with Quan Cosby. Fans out there, drag both feet in bounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt at your PKs because they free and hit your free throws. Why, guys? They're free. Because they're free. We out you. We love you so damn much. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Please catch the Charity Stripe every Thursday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk.